Well, hey, I'm Aiden. I'm here with Dan, Greg, and Sherry. And we've been going through the book of Ephesians here at the Norton Campus of Grace. And as we've been going through that second half of the book, there's a lot of practical uh, pieces, parts. And so last week we talked about marriage and kind of sat down with you and your wife, uh, Dan, and kind of talked about some, just the nuts and bolts of marriage, just the questions that sometimes you want to ask while the preacher's preaching, <laughs> but it's not the right venue. So we kind of wanted to sit around the table and just have conversation. And so, uh, Greg, you're pastor of Family Ministries. Sherry, you're the director of Power Kids and Children's Ministry here at Norton. But you guys are also parents, and you have families, and you are also children. And so we kind of want to first and foremost stop there with you guys. But every I think about this, every family is different, right? No two families are the same. Everybody's got their own baggage and their own experiences, <laughs> their own traditions, their own quirks. And so we're talking to people that are coming from all across the map, right? Mm-hmm. Blended family, like all, all kinds of, of, of different things. And so uh, I'm kind of the young parent here uh, trying to figure out some of these things. And so while we were sitting in the, the sermon on Sunday, Dan was telling just some of his stories, you know, kids not listening, crazy stuff. And my wife under breath keeps going, oh, that's so good to hear. <laughs> she kept saying, oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> like it brought comfort knowing that you guys had a bunch of fails too. But I'd love to, to hear this, kind of break down this third wall. Do you guys have any good parenting failing stories as you were raising kids, stories that just level the field with everybody? I'm dying to hear this too. <laughs> uh, so I'd ask, answer which one? Uh, <laughs> so the one that I, I came, comes to mind is um, my kids were probably early middle school. And uh, here in the Summit County, they, we have the, um, the fall hiking spree. And so the fall hiking spree is you go so many different hikes. And if you get, I think it's nine or ten um, uh, trails, you get a walking stick. So my wife and I were like, we're going to do this as a family. We're going to get walking sticks and we're going to go. So the first, I think it's Labor Day started. We were there Labor Day, the first uh, trail. And after that, we had it mapped out where we were going to next. So after that, we ev- so then every week we'd have a different trail. Well, then the first one, it was kind of like, why are we doing this? And then the second week was like, we couldn't even get in the van. Like, oh, I don't want to do this. I wish I would have a picture to show when we, we, we did finally finish it. But the whole time, and we'll probably uh, talk about this later, but it's that influence control. Uh, yeah. It was right at that point where I realized, okay, I can't control my kids to do the bikes like I used to. But uh, so but we did finish it. We have our four sticks. And we've, stick. we've never been back on the fall hiking spree, but <laughs> that one season. That was punctuated it forever. We rocked it. There is such a like ideal in your head. And then when you get there, like this, this was a lot different in my head than how this place. Well, other families were walking and smiling. <laughs> and my kids were like, oh. Well, mine is like very young. So um, I wanted to follow all the books and say, uh, I was consistent in all that I did, and so I had a two-year-old little girl that <clears throat> she um, didn't want to sit in the chair for a timeout, and so I wanted her to sit in the time in, in the chair for a timeout, and so I would put her down, she'd pop up, I put her down, and so I held her there, and you know I'm gonna hold you there until it's you know two minutes past, and I'm holding her there, I'm crying, she's crying, you know it's like, and I look at the clock, and it was like I walked away, and I was like oh. I don't know who won. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's very sad. You say something out loud. It's very consistent. <laughs> yeah, you say you say it out loud. Like, well, now I have to commit to this thing I said yeah. <laughs> it's ten minutes ago. It's amazing as a parent, I think, how I was an expert at parenting before I had kids. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh. It's like amazing how, like, this is the way I would do it. Oh, man. And then the minute you, I remember we brought Joel home. You know, I thought, man, this is awesome. We got our family. Huh. 
and we put him in that little buggy beside the bed and you know we're, we're gonna go to sleep and we go to sleep <laughs> and the dude cried all night long and i think about the third night i thought to myself what did we do <laughs> you know but every stage of your yeah. your parenting i think gives us opportunities for you to like okay i'm learning on the job i think that's parenting yeah you just learn yeah. on the job oh, yeah. yeah 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 i think about sitting on the table i have a two-year-old two and a half five-year-old your kids are about a decade older than that then your guys' kids are about a decade older than that and then we get to where it kind of flips, and then I'm a, <laughs> I'm the closest child to the next parents, and so we kind of said we're old. I'm not I sure, kind of but I said it very kindly. <laughs> and very, you know, you got to learn how to say it. Huh. <laughs> One of the things, so we, I, I experienced the same thing. So bring my first kid home five years ago, and you hear a bunch of people talk about parenting, steering kids towards Jesus, and like you're like, yeah, I'll just read this every night. And it just, what are some of the ways, Dan, you talked Sunday about kind of this bow, training up a child in the way they should go. What are just some of the ways that you guys kind of nurtured an environment that helped Jesus make sense? Because exactly like you're saying, there's no manual that you do it and all goes perfect. You said Sunday, kids are jumping off the bed, trying to read a story. What were some of the things you guys did intentionally as you kind of nurtured, trained up your kids that helped create that environment for the gospel to make sense to them? Yeah, I mean, for us, it was, um, like, obviously, we, re we read different things, and you get these ideas and, like, the perfect scenarios, but then you just you realize what's real life, what's your family, and so what we yeah. just did, it was just like, okay, what works for us in this season? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I, you, hear, you read these books, it's like we have family devotions, and we sit down, and la, la, la. What we just did, it's like, let's let's talk about Jesus at this phase, at this this uh, this stage, um, and then, because they're going to catch so much of who we are just by how we act. Mm -hmm. um, and so, because the... Um, the videotape's constantly on. Like mm. it's, it's a 24-hour uh, surveillance. They're always watching us. And so, if I'm not saying, if, if I'm saying one thing and doing another, they'll they'll be the first to mm. pick up on that. So just being consistent. And when I'm inconsistent, I own it. Mm. Mm. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I um, as a kid, I would go to um, Jesus all the time. I would run to the restroom to have my conversation with God. You know, when I felt like um, I needed to be alone and um, I kind of brought that into with my kids when um, my brother wanted me to pray. There was some things that were happening. He wanted to pray. And so I would grab their tiny little hands and we would pray together. And it's like, we need to pray for Uncle Randy or we need to like, mm -hmm. and just making them understand that Jesus was so real to me that mm -hmm. he, I could go to him no matter what. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, even them now grown, um, I still, uh, we have an app that we all communicate through and it's like, okay, I need you to help me pray, mm. you know, for whatever this is. And it's like, it's just really been um, my connection, mm. you know, with yeah. them. You know, I, yeah, I, I love uh, what you guys are saying. Like, I think about that 24-hour surveillance. I love that, that way of thinking. You know, I've, I've been a pastor for 30 years and I'm thinking about the people who come in my office. When they talk about their parents... I can't think of a single person that's ever talked about a devotion they did, and those are good to do. Like, hey, I remember when we did this particular devotion. They always talk about, I remember watching mom and dad growing up, hmm. uh, the modeling, and they always talk about the time, the concentrated time that those people spent with them. And so that 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 has been something as I think about this. Like we, we did, we sit down and do stories uh, when they're little, uh, and then eventually that crosses, and I want them to be spending time. But I think about probably the most important thing that that you do is model for them 
the realness of Jesus in your life, I think kids can see right through. Yeah. In authenticity, they yeah. can just see right through it. And uh, so the way I would treat Jennifer and the way she would respond to me, all that stuff, becomes key. Uh, I wanted our children, Aiden, to, to... There's two things that I remember going back. I wanted them to know God was really, really big. Hmm. Really, really big. So when I read Deuteronomy 6, like, he's big. So he's big enough we can trust him. Like, we can take steps and trust him. But I wanted them to know he wasn't just big, he was unbelievably loving hmm. and that he cared about them and so when when you have convert it so that happens in bible time for sure but it has to happen in conversation it has to show up in the way they see you rolling out your life because i can tell them god's big but they're watching to see how big yeah, yeah. God is, right and uh so I, I, I love the 24-hour surveillance imagery. I, yeah. I think that's so true. They take pictures and snapshots, and they're watching, and I think that's one of the best ways to cultivate that. I really do. There's probably a sense of that, like which I think you're totally right, that kids uh, can kind of sniff out if something's inauthentic. You know what I mean? Like It's like their meter is like, yeah, that's not real. Probably even more so as each generation goes. Like the My kids are probably going to have a <laughs> more sensitive meter than I did because there's so much now. You know what I mean? So you can just like, that's not helpful. That's not real. So finding the real thing is probably more and more just acute in people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are there even, maybe just like the the nitty gritty of it, are there certain resources that are helpful? You know, sometimes someone recommends a, a Bible or maybe, hey, here's this app or here's the, I don't know, whatever. And you try stuff and you're like, Okay, that didn't, because like you said, Greg, every phase, but then also every kid is just oh, yeah. the way they react. That's what, you know, you're, I was the best parent I was ever going to be before my kid was born. <laughs> then as soon as they were born, me and my wife are both fifthborns. So we have a firstborn kid. We're both like, what do you do with the firstborn when you're fifthborn? <laughs> like, just chill out, bro. So it's, it's just different. And so different things work for different people. Are there resources that were most helpful for you guys? Whether it's a resource or just a whatever that was most helpful for you guys in this? One of the things that we did, I mean, when the kids were early on, like obviously we had, um, there's, a, there's a Bible called the Jesus Storybook Bible, and we read that for that phase. But we also just had great just um, music that uh, taught scripture. And so mm -hmm. it was like the, it wasn't like the annoying music, but it's just like, you know, <laughs> the catchy stuff and the kids are just picking up on scripture. And so as they're growing older, it's like, oh, that makes sense. And so, you know, we're just listening, we're cleaning the house. Also, it's like, Dum -dum -dum -dum. but they're, they're memorizing, listening to um, and we have that even here with Power Kids. Um, Sherry has the Spotify playlist that they play um, with, so families can listen to that throughout the week in the van rides and all that stuff. So just yeah. that's for us. We just tried to not only what we read, but also what we listen to what we're watching on TV yeah. or tablets, that kind of stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I was gonna say music as well. Um, I, we would have some issues with uh, nightmares and different things, and it's like <laughs> I remember. Um, uh, one of them coming to me and saying, I can't get, I saw this and I can't get it out of my head. And it's like, you know, uh, do not fear for I am with you. Do not, you know, and just kind of, you know, singing mm. that, getting something else in your head yeah. and, you know, having God's word. And um, all of a sudden, you know, we're singing a song before we go to bed, you know, <laughs> but um, it, it's interesting. There's been um, even different parents in Power Kids that have asked, you know, um, what do you do when your kid is afraid? And yeah. um, it's like, I only know 
um, what I did, you yeah. know, and these are the resources. And and there's great resources. Um, there's apps and there's Bibles and there's um, devotionals and stuff. Um, I would say it, it's really... Um, Every kid is so different, yeah. you know, whether they're visual or, you know, musically, yeah. um, uh, whatever. But it's like, um, you just got to f- figure out your child, yeah. but there's stuff, you know, there's lots. There's a lot of guess and checks. Sometimes mm-hmm. it could be easy to, I don't have the right book or the right app, so I, I'm not sure, but just trying stuff and seeing what, mm-hmm. what they attach to. You yeah. know, when it comes to resources for parents, like uh, basically how to parent, there's there's a lot right of resources uh, that probably we could give you a list of. I think of two two things, and then there's caveats to them. Like so there's all kinds of books, shepherding a child's heart kind of books, things like that. You can uh, find. Uh, I think that's a great resource. Books, podcasts about parenting uh, that are gospel centered. I think a, another great resource is the community of believers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think trying to parent alone, uh, it, it can be really hard. But to find a community where it's safe to do it together and where there's a security, <clears throat> the caveats to those are this. You got to be careful. The, the parenting resource, we had the same, that you're not trying to parent your kid into a program. Yeah. Yeah. It has to supplement what you're doing. It has to, how is my kid bent? Because if you're trying to program somebody you're going to totally miss how that kid's been and, and you're going to have all kinds of frustration, exasperation. We had a book like that too and uh, we got exasperated with it and I finally came home and where is that thing? <laughs> I took it and threw it away. I'm like, we're done with it. And the, and the thing about the community of believers, find that huddle and be careful not to compare. Right. Just be careful not to compare. Like, yeah. it's amazing how, you, you guys remember that when your kids are little, the things that are so, is your kid walking yet? <laughs> oh, oh, we must be terrible. <laughs> you know, they still got a pacifier. Yeah. Oh, what did I do wrong? You know, you compare. Yeah. Well, nobody cares when they get older. You're like, what age did they get rid of it? But a, a group that you can, like, pray together, love their kids together, you know, all that kind of stuff, I think yeah. is important. Yeah. Resource. It's huge. And also part of the body of Christ, too, it's like finding somebody who's maybe a few, maybe a phase or two ahead of you. Mm. So you, you realize, okay, I'm going through this phase, and am I as crazy as I think I am? And mm-hmm. somebody just went through it recently, like, oh, I'm, I am normal. That yeah. helps. That's the cool thing about the body of Christ. <laughs> You're normal, Aiden. See? You are normal. Totally. That's the first time anybody's ever said that. <laughs> I think this is something that everybody probably feels, that we've been in a huge communication shift, like... From now, like having to have conversations with kids that you didn't have to have, maybe when you guys were kids, you know what I mean? And parents probably, I was just talking to a parent on Sunday that was like asking those questions. How do you navigate? Your kid goes to school. What decisions do you make about media? How do you talk to kids about certain sexuality conversations? How do you know? There's so much. Um, What would you say to parents that are just navigating some of that waters, the, the waters of like making decisions in regards to, to media, to conversations, to kind of the, the, we all as adults feel the kind of choppiness of the cultural waters going on. And then you have kids and sometimes just talking to my own peers and parents are like, what do we do with all this? You know, somebody might say, you got to do this for school. You got to, and there feels like, am I supposed to do that? What would you say to parents that are maybe looking at the, the cultural landscape and being like, how do I parent through all this? Well, um, 
one of the things that uh, my kids were kind of just going into that phase, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, they didn't get phones until much later because it wasn't uh, the culture at the time. But um, I remember there was a conversation that was going back and forth uh, with one of my kids and somebody at school. And it was getting to be drama and all this kind of stuff. And I just wanted to stop it. I wanted to uh, figure out how I could just block it. And so I went on Verizon's website, you know, and I'm like, how do I block this? And it was fascinating to me that Verizon said, and I'm like, I'm getting it from Verizon, um, it's better to have conversations with your child before you. And I was just like, really? You had to tell me that. Um, <laughs> you didn't say that for one of the resources. It's Verizon's, Verizon's Q&A section on the website. Yeah. But it was like, um, I need to have a conversation. And it, it's like, instead of trying to control and block and do all this kind of stuff, it's like, hmm. okay, uh, I need to navigate them through what the, what is happening and why um, this is tough. And it's like, yeah. Um, I just had, I have to be reminded of that often, you know, because it's like when things are going rough or bad or however you think, um, our first response is we have, when it was little, we had more control. When they start going out and you don't have less control, it's like, you know, you want to pull that back. And it's like, that's not where we're called to do, you know, hmm. we're empty nesters. That's the goal is to <laughs> empty nest, but they need resources themselves. But when they're young, what's so to use your analogy, when they're young, like I'm sitting here thinking as you're talking, I think there can be a tendency when they're little to release control too soon, hmm. to give them access too soon, and they're not made to handle hmm. certain things. We don't let a kid drive a car till they're 16. There's a reason for that. They're not made to handle the car till they're 16. Uh, and so one of the things I thought when you, the way you worded the question and just listening, it's like, if I want to get to that place, I got to kind of navigate some of those things. I'm thinking of social media, things like that. Like as, as a young child, if I can, if I just have free reign and I'm getting this volumes of whatever, yeah. I'm, I'm not made to handle that. I'm not made to be discerning for that. Whereas I'm hoping when I'm whatever, 15, 16, I'm not just shutting controls off and pulling levers, but that I'm able to talk to my yeah. child through it. They're made to have that conversation. And so, you know, I, I do think there's a caution there that, uh, you know, we as parents, I think when they're little, now I'm thinking when they're little, have that opportunity to kind of measure out what is appropriate, what they're able to yeah. to hold, you know. Yeah, and think well the Facebook came out in 2005 and so <laughs> the graduating senior class this year they've grown up with being like on screens and so um, uh, iPhone came out in 07 so all the all the students who are freshmen or younger they all they know is life with an iPhone mm -hmm. so like we're we're parenting in this generation of we've never been parented before our parents never had to deal with it um, so even like some of you guys are on the cusp of all that, but now like we're in the middle of it all. So how to help navigate those conversations. And it just goes back to what you said. It's like, okay, we're going to say no to this, but um, the same kind of thing with driving the car. We don't just, when you turn 16, here's the keys. What do you have to do? How many hours of drive time? How many tests do you have to go through to sit with an instructor? So whatever device you're giving them or whatever uh, YouTube stuff. So knowing where they're at, walking alongside and help coaching them. I mean, like we go back to every kid's different. So 
well, the oldest did it this way, so they got their phone this day, so why couldn't I get my phone there? It's not fair. Mm -hmm. We just go back to, it's not about fair, we're about just um, uh, sharing how to, how to disciple our kids. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of interesting you said this. It's so easy to get caught in this, I'm trying to be fair. Right. As a parent, you really don't want to be fair. You want to be wise. Right. Hmm. You know, you're right, right? You want to, you know, I want to help you in the right path. I don't want to just be fair, because that might not be the right path. And I was thinking about the gospel according to Verizon. Right, which is what we're going to do, right? Like, the power of that is they told you to talk to your... Jesus said something interesting that I always thought with my kids, like out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. The more you can keep create a environment where your kids are talking, you get to hear what's in their heart. Right. And so I can shut your phone off, but I want to know actually what's going on in your heart, right? And I think if you can create that environment... Uh, you know, and, and as they get older, there's going to be pockets of time where they're going to resist that. And just and just know there's going to be battles over technology. That's I mean, that's that's part of just say it. I mean, I'll just, yeah, just know no matter what you choose, yeah. it's never the right thing. And everybody else is la, la, la. Got it. So just know there's going to be battles ahead. If you have not hit them yet, you will. That's coming from a guy who's been working with teenagers for a lot of years. And now he has his own teenagers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a two-year-old who's... Coco, Coco, it's Coco Melon. You know, he's like Coco. You're like, are you the flu? He just wants Coco. It almost goes full circle. So you think about, you said, which is true. I was a junior in high school when the iPhone came out, and almost parenting on the other side. Just as we said early on, with creating an environment that, yeah, I don't remember the devotional my parents taught me, but I remember watching them. You take that full circle to teach about technology or how to engage with people that we love, but disagree with, how we talk about people that we have differences with, they're watching all those things. So as you navigate the cultural waters, just from hearing what you guys are saying, yeah, there's answers that need to be said. There's at certain ages when they're under, you know, your control more, things that need shut off, conversations that need had. But they're watching, if I spend my whole time parenting from my phone, and then I'm like, you need to get off your phone. They're like, yep. being a chump dad, you know? And so they're, they're kind of turns that around all of that, like how I'm being formed in parenting is yep. all there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you guys kind of talked about it, and, and Dan, you talked about the Sunday, but there, there is that, that control influence thing, that when you're young, I have a two and five-year-old, there's a lot of control. You know, there's like, go to bed, shut the door, you're done. Uh, whereas later on, there starts to be influence, or they're going to, the more you try to control them, we're going to push them away, right? And you said, Sunday, Dan, there's at some point where that kind of crosses. Are there certain things that maybe in your own parenting or maybe just in your ministry with people, how do you know when, you've, when you're kind of approaching that spot? You said it's different for everybody. But how do you know when you're kind of, you know, maybe parents that have kids in middle school and stuff where it's like, is this a control situation or is this an influence situation? How do you know when you start? I'm not really experiencing that right now. We're all control here <laughs> in the, in the uh, cocoa melon phase. But how do you know when it's time to control or time to to influence because i'm sure we've all had high school parents that are like can you tell my kids to do this and you're like no <laughs> they're 17 man they're yeah what would you say to that i mean it, i mean it goes back to that uh, story i said at the front end like we try to do that hike like if i would have tried to do that hike five years earlier we been all about it but all of a sudden it's like they're in that middle school phase and they're both and they both gang like they rarely ever were together, but that moment it was like we're just going to be together. So, I, but I think you just find like when when that when that period of time comes, you just uh, 
you just start embracing and going back to what you did and being that consistent mm. consistent voice. And it's so easy to be like, well, I'm going to change my parenting. Well, you have to adjust and pivot, but you're still going to follow Jesus because it was back to we talked about the, the video still being played. Like, yeah. is mom and dad's faith still the real deal now that I'm in this phase? Because all of a sudden they're going to be run to this sport or this 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 play, this this thing. It's like, mm-hmm. what's the most important thing in my life? It's like mom and dad say Jesus, but it's like, yeah, we can miss church, we can miss youth group, or we can miss power kids, which I'm, I'm not saying that that's not a bad thing to be a part of things. But when that becomes more of the the priority, then all of a sudden the kids are, the, the film is playing. It's like, oh, mom and dad. Hmm. So, so, but as you... Um, have influence in their life, they'll start seeing if what's truly important and uh, how we act and what we, what we live for. Hmm. Good. Parents, conflict with parents create weird allies with siblings, don't they? Huh? Oh, <laughs> totally. That's interesting. I, you know, I, I think back to that picture, Aiden, like, well, let's state the obvious. The picture it, it, it is an idealistic picture. By that I mean sure. it assumes... When you're going to start off this desire for control, and then eventually they're hearing your voice. I think you got to, as the kids are growing up in a loving environment where there's security, you're speaking identity. So you got to keep saying to them, you, you, you aren't who they say you are. You're not even who you say you are. You are who God says you are. In that environment, you got to set up almost learning labs. <laughs> A kid has to have the opportunity as they grow in those labs, they change in terms of their risk. So where you will say, let me give you a really stupid one. Like my wife and I would go back and forth on this, but when the boys were a certain age, she'd like, you need to, she'd get after him. You need to put your hat on. And she watches this. You're like, you need, you're going to catch COVID. And eventually I said, you need to tell him, Hey, it's cold out. I'd put a hat on and leave it go. Because the deal is this, you don't put your hat on, eventually your ears are freezing. It's like, well, guess what? Yeah. Right? And, and little by little to let that line out because all of a sudden the stakes get higher as, as they get older, right? <coughs> and Because we're parenting to independence, right? That's what we're experiencing. Independence is uh, what you want. So you want them to stand on their own two feet. The way you do that is give them opportunities to stand on their own two feet. Uh, but it assumes here, you know, they're recognizing a voice. I can remember my, one of my uh, uh, adult kids coming to me. They were kind of in adulthood. They were kind of in that weird going. Full influence. <laughs> and they told me what they were going to do. And I'm like, I'm going to tell you, Mom, this is what I'm going to do. And they sat us down and told us what they were going to do. And I remember thinking as they're talking, my wife was as white as a sheet of paper. She was as white. <laughs> And I remember thinking, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> but they, they said, you know, I just want to tell you guys, I'm not here to ask for advice. I'm just here to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm like, so I just kept smiling and looking at them, and they got done. And I thought, this is going to blow up. And I just looked at them, and I said, we're going to support you however we can, however we feel we can, pray for you. And then I let a weird pregnant pause, and I said, would you like my opinion? <laughs> and thankfully, in this case, they said yes, right? Yeah. But if they had said no, I don't want, right there at the age, I'm like, okay, yeah, here we go. But I think you got to give them little, little labs, you know? Yeah. It's like training wheels. Now let's go on around a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, here's the way I would do it. I would do it my own way. Okay. 
Oh, yeah, now we've got a scrape on a knee. I wouldn't have done it that way. Yeah. Right? But give them those while they're in the safety net right. uh, where they're going to be loved through it, taught through it, I think is important. That's funny. Like I, like I said, I'm closer to being the time when I was in my home with my parents than, than you guys were, right? It was closer. <laughs> Another <laughs> reference to our age. <laughs> I'm just saying. I remember almost that exact conversation. I remember there was a kid who lived up the street and almost, almost there was always kind of, uh, there were, it was a nice kid, but always conflict with the parents. You're like, why are they, why is there always conflict? He's a nice kid. Like mm. there's always this tension. I remember being in the car with my mom and her explaining to me just exactly that, mm. that if you make arbitrary rules just to be in control, when your kid crosses from the control to influence, it's like, they're going to know that it's arbitrary. And they're going to not fight back against you as a parent, but fighting back against this arbitrary rule. I was the last of five boys. So it's like, guess and check, guess and check. You're like, all right, we got a little bit. So there was not a ton of rules, but the rules that they had were for my benefit. You know, there was like, you couldn't go in the woods and it was windy. You couldn't. And I, I had more of that trust. And it made sense because it didn't seem like they were trying to arbitrarily control me. And she explained that to me kind of through the lens of the gospel is, God doesn't make arbitrary rules. He makes rules for our flourishing and our benefit. Mm -hmm. And freedom is on the other side of, of the wisdom of his, his way of life. And it all, all clicked. All right. So we kind of said at the beginning that there's thousands of different stories. And there's probably parents that are watching that are like, that's really helpful. I started thinking about that and trying to get on that train in the last six months. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I've been a parent for 15 years and my kid is... What would you say to someone who's listening who's like, that's great. That's ideal. But it's kind of gone off the rails a little bit. And I have a kid who just doesn't, maybe there's a little bit of relationship, but they're not really listening to me. I, I want more influence, but I kind of, I'm not there right now. What would you say to parents on that side who it's, it's not going great and they want to move towards a healthier picture of, of this? What would you say to them? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I would, I mean, obviously needs to start with prayer. Like mm -hmm. you're just constantly praying for your kid. You can't go back and and rewind and change things because what was happened, all those things. But you start praying and then you start changing yourself and the whole, allowing the Holy Spirit to change who you are and your kids will start seeing difference in you. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying by all that happening, one plus one is gonna equal two, but when the kids start seeing the gospel transform you, then it's like, okay, you're you're legit in this. And so um, you can't, you know, there's a lot of baggage you still have to work yourself through, but um, having those conversations mm -hmm. can, can heal over time. That's great. Yeah, and even the conversations of, um, you know, like straightforward with them, like, you know, uh, what's going on? You know, like um, seeking their heart. Um, you know, sometimes it's um, parenting always feels like it's supposed to be discipline or whatever, and it's like seeking, um, you know, what they're going through and being understanding to that. Um, it, it's hard because it's like you you want to fix it, but sometimes they just want to vent, hmm. you know, or just, you know, talk or whatever. And sometimes they don't. <laughs> sometimes you're not the person, you know, and, yeah. I, and I've prayed for people to be in my kids' life, you know, that would have the same voice as I have hmm. um, because there, there comes a point where they don't, you know, they'll, I remember my daughter coming to me and saying, oh, so-and-so said this. And I was like, I've said <laughs> you know, and she heard it, you know, but she heard it from somebody, yeah. you know, and it was like, it was an answer to prayer because it's exactly what I want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How many times Greg Foote 
has been the person I've heard that about. Like, I'll sit there and they're like, you know, Pastor Greg said this. And Jennifer and I are like, you gotta be kidding me, you know? But yeah. I think what you said is so important. Having other adults in our lives is yep. important. Mm -hmm. yeah. the circle. Shannon Foote yeah. said the other part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think a parent that's gone through that too. I, I don't know. Like, everybody's got a different story. Right, right. Um, there's several things I think when I sit with a parent like that. One is... Um, there's no perfect parent, oh. and um, I think you can take too much credit when things are going great, and too much responsibility when they're not. Hmm. Something that was powerful that I, I read, I don't remember who I read it from, it's not original of me, but it said when it comes to discipline and kind of all that, don't see yourself as much as fighting with your child, see yourself as fighting with uh, against sin with your child so mm. it, the fight isn't against your child because what that does is sets up like you're the enemy I'm, but what i want to do is stand with my child and fight against sin or whatever that might be because if you think about it parenting is an, if we're going to do it in the way the gospel pictures is one of the most incredibly selfless you're doing things we don't have arbitrary rules. We're doing it for their benefit. Yeah. Uh, and what what we want to do is set ourselves to fight against sin with our kid. And so if they're not listening to us, you know, maybe they're at an age where that I've lost that opportunity. Uh, I would want them to know this. Like if a parent was asking this, make sure your kid knows that there's nothing they're going to do that's going to make you love them more. Nothing you're going to make them to love, to love you less. Like, there's... So, they may be going all over the place, but let them know, my love for you, that's that's, going, that's consistent. I don't agree. I don't... Whatever. Um, and I would just make sure there was a security in that. Like, if they're 16, and you're like, okay, we're just trying to get our... our a handle on this thing and uh, we didn't have any of these principles in play when they were younger uh, certainly there's a different challenge there yeah. right but I think if you start from the aspect we love you mm -hmm. I love you I'm for you versus you know we're going to do this new thing and set these new rules in place like yeah. that's that's surefire way for disaster yeah. right yeah. Um, so I, I, I would just everything I could to reinforce the relationship uh, we said Sunday, rules without relationship usually leads to rebellion. Yeah. No matter what age the kid. Um, sometimes you can have the relationship and there's still rebellion. And I think mm -hmm. it's important for whoever's listening to us to hear that. Yeah. I know some wonderful parents, wonderful parents, whose children uh, decided to do everything different than they were, they were taught. And, you know, I think parents can take too much responsibility for that. You prayerfully, as he was saying, prayerfully go before God with your kid. Our kids are on loan to us from God. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting way to look at it, right? I think when I get all wrapped up in how they turned out, I probably idolized them. Mm -hmm. I probably idolized them. Uh, I heard somebody say this morning, like, if my kids turn out and it goes to my head, I probably idolized them. If they didn't turn out and it just crushes and destroys my heart, I probably idolized them. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting way to look at it, right? Like, I want to do my best and disciplining and discipling and coaching. I want to make sure they know they're loved by me, that there's a God who loves them way more than I do. 
the end of the day, they're volitional little beings. Yeah. You know, they, they, they make a decision and I can do all, I know parents that didn't do anything the way we would talk about it. And their kids are like, yeah, the apostle Paul, you know, like, well, how'd that happen? I don't know. God just, just intervened in a unique way, you know? Yeah. So I think I'd be careful of taking too much responsibility, but I'd make sure I told them I loved them. I'd want them to know that. You might be doing everything different than we would suggest or tell you, I love you. And then I would seek help. A parent who's in that situation needs to find safe community. That's where I think the church is helpful, you know, to not just programs at the church, but the people. We yeah. need community. We need each other. Yeah. Sometimes it's just hard to be a parent. Oh, yeah. Just hard. I don't know. You guys are talking about it's pretty easy so far for me. <laughs> The sarcasm didn't translate, though. <laughs> hey, so you, Sunday you talked a lot about uh, parenting and kind of this call to nurture. So it's all the it's creating the environment, it's having the conversations, it's understanding influence and control, all those things. Before we close, I kind of want to talk about this for a minute. And that passage talks about children obeying your parents. There's almost this this honor of children to parents. Now, I'm not sure how many seven year olds are listening to this podcast. You know, <laughs> that may not be our audience. Huh. But for for maybe if it maybe it's high school, college age adults who are who are um, walking through aging parents or whatever it may be what would you guys say are some of the the practical ways that that honor shows up because it's almost you hear that passage you know children on your parents like yeah so listen when i talk to you seven-year-old what does that look like as as we get older and go through different stages as that kind of starts to flip what does honor look like practically would you guys mm. say i mean i think practically it's just you know you're helping out like if if you're mm. I mean, if you have an uh, aging parent who maybe has, I mean, this is this time of year, but a bunch of leaves in their yard, like, do you mow or rake? Like, like you just show honor that say, you don't need to be out there doing that. You've you've got done your time, and how can I help you along those those ways? And um, so honoring them just by tangible um, acts of service to, uh, to to show that you uh, you honor and respect them that way. I think that's a loaded question because people who are watching this, this stories are all over. Like I think about the adult whose parent was just neglectful and it was really hard upbringing. And, and they hear that. I, I thought about these people Sunday. They, they hear honor your parents. So like, Yeah, go there. That was the last thing I wanted to ask was go there for a second. People that are listening that are just like, yeah, so there's the parenting side, but then the honoring my parents side. And it's like, man, you have no idea what yeah. this was like. Unfruitful, unhelpful, unhealthy, unsafe. What would you say to to people in that boat. Yeah, I think that Aiden, the, the thing, the thing, the thing that comes to my mind is, if I'm assuming I'm talking to somebody asking the question, who's a follower <clears throat> of Jesus, and a follower of Jesus responds out of a response of worship. And so I can either respond out of the way my parents treated me, and that's going to elicit one response, or I can respond out of the way I've been treated by the Father in heaven to my parents. And that's worship. And when I realize uh, that uh, God loves me when I was unlovable, pursued me when I was an enemy of God, all of a sudden it changes. So what I would say is, for the, for the person in that boat, several things. I would stop dehumanizing your parents to the extent you might be doing that and begin seeing in them the image of God. Hmm. Uh, that they are an image bearer, that they're a person, uh, and that for whatever uh, reason they treat you the way they did, and begin uh, 
responding to them out of response to the gospel as an image bearer, somebody who God's placed in your life, just happens to be your, your parent. Hmm. And, the, and the other thing I would say is, is to just acknowledge the uniform they wear. You know, they're your parent. And they, you can't unparent them. They're, they're your parent. I realize you can divorce your parents, I guess, nowadays or whatever, but <clears throat> it, it, God placed them in your life. And I really think one way would be just to try to build a relationship with them. Um, you don't have to be okay with the way they treated you. Sometimes you might find that there's a story that would not excuse what they did, but might explain it. Mm -hmm. And to think that they might find the healing, redemptive work of Christ would be quite a blessing. And so I think honoring them isn't like, oh man, I'm, I'm okay, I'm going to overlook, I was treated this way. Sure. I think honoring them is, is responding to God in worship, all he's done for me to the parents that I have. If they were great, that's one thing, but if they weren't, I can still respond to them as an image bearer. Yeah. Yeah. Which in and of itself, that's, that is the heart of the gospel, you know, and, and forgiveness is always likely to pull up a lot of pain, but that, yeah, that the lens by to which Paul is writing this whole section is submitting to one another mm -hmm. out of reverence, out of worship for Jesus, that we worship Jesus when we navigate those relationships in a particular way. We could do this all day long and, and ask questions all day long. There's tons of resources within just Grace Church. I'm sure anybody has any questions, emailing, reaching out to you guys. You guys love to sit down and have coffee. I hate coffee. Greg hates coffee. Maybe have Coke with somebody. Coffee. You're, yeah. coffee with Sherry, <laughs> Coke with Greg. But just having questions, navigating everybody's story is different. And so if you maybe listen to this, these guys would love to have a conversation with you. But I think we'll kind of keep some of these. There's a lot of uh, nitty-gritty uh, things in this parenting world, family world, that just kind of deserve their own episode. Each one of those questions could deserve their own. I have a feeling that as we kind of keep navigating that, we'll kind of keep uh, doing this. So thanks for sitting down with us today, kind of bringing your experience uh, to us as we kind of you got offer us some wisdom. It's fun. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks. You did great.